0: Hello and welcome to DKI, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. This is episode number 122. I'm your host, Joel, and joining me today, all the way from New Jersey, is Jace. Uh, New Jersey? Wait, dang it. No, not Jersey. I mess up geography.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh,. That is, like, considerably south from me. A uh, good number yeah, of no. hours. <laughs>
0: yeah, <no>. Other <laughs> folks are in joy Any uh
1: No, I am I'm a mess. Oh, Leo, Leo, Leo. <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: All right. Well, anyways, uh, let's... You know, are, are we going to cut that in post? Can we cut that in post? We're not going to actually cut that in post. Dang it. Anyways, welcome on in, folks. Another fine week of anime behind us. I've been... Catching up with most things, also prepping for this weekend's radio drama, which we'll be talking about a little bit later. Um, I actually am just about caught up with everything. I think I might have, like, uh, maybe half of my shows that I'm now one episode behind, but there's also a whole bunch of episodes that drop on Friday, which is usually why I'm a little bit extra behind there. So uh, just keeping up, and it's getting to that point in the season now where we're almost at you know where things are really wrapping up getting to their climaxes that most uh shows had episode eight airing this week and are going to be going into nine so you know really we're well into the back half now and it's usually i find about episode nine that last quarter that things really really ramp up so you know just for me like i've said that uh even if nothing this season has necessarily been shocking at this point in time It's just been still so solid that uh, Licorice Recoil, in particular, just continues to perform. And apparently, I learned this just yesterday, Hideo Kojima is a a, a vocal uh, Licorice, I'm not sure if it's Licorice or Licorice, but uh, a Licorico fan. And that his uh, recommendation or uh, his endorsement has actually been printed on the latest version of it was either the light novel or the manga.
1: I did not know that. Actually, uh, that's really cool. That uh, it's not very often that you hear somebody, you know, like a big name like that coming out and promoting something and saying that they're a fan of it. Um, actually. I believe Mother's Basement also did a video on. Uh, I the L Y makes me want to say it's licorice recoil, but I know that the Japanese yeah, is yeah. I, th- uh, I think I think it's is. Yeah, yeah, that, that's,
0: yeah, because it, it's very much spelled. L- l- it's L Y C O R I S, so licorice or lycoris, but it yeah. just sort of sounds like it's supposed to be licorice. But uh, anywho, yeah,
1: yeah, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Mother's Basement did a video. I think they compared it to John Wick and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I didn't really see the connection so much with that. But I mean, like the action is kind of on that level. So I mean, I'll I'll give it that. To me, I don't know, it's maybe it's just the nostalgia of, of being a wee boomer and and like watching a lot of anime back in like the 2000s. So it makes me think about animes with Girls with Guns, specifically like Gunslinger Girl, obviously. Uh, Madlax, Noir. Uh, especially because you have two lead characters. And yeah, no, it continues to be one of the best shows. I'm still catching up on it a little bit, uh, too. Um, but uh I, I, it's
0: it's definitely threatening to be a top 10 contender that I'm probably gonna be looking at it in the six to ten ish range unless it does something super crazy with its finale but it's just been that good and i feel like it has been getting a lot of appreciation fortunately not just by hideo kojima but by a lot in the community like you mentioned that uh mother's basement a very big youtuber channel in the annie tuber space uh gave it its own video and actually just looked up uh, Kojima Productions announced on Sunday that Kojima's personal comment will be featured on the Licorice Recoil Ordinary Days light novel releasing September 9th. The comment roughly oh. translates as follows. I'll recoil my Lyco-like jeans. I'm not sure what that means, but hey, <laughs> it's Hideo Kojima saying stuff, and yeah. Uh, but
1: uh, also something that and I feel is a top 10 contender... Uh, that's gotten a lot of buzz and a lot of promotion this season call of the night continues yeah. to be kind of slow moving i mean but that's the vibe of the show no this the past music, week actually
0: everything. like there there's a turn in call yeah. of the night this week and now I, i'm I really, really excited that little, that, like it, it feels like it's very much ramping up now for big world what building. is going to yeah and it's the type of thing that You know, I know that Call of the Night is not an original. It is a manga adaptation. So it very likely has the source material to go well beyond 12 episodes and that it's uh, hopefully going to be doing that. That apparently, actually, it has been getting a lot of love on both Reddit and my anime list. So very happy to hear that, that this is uh, not just us continuously plugging it, but actually that uh, the broader anime community, at least, As far as the hyper engaged users, so to speak, uh, you know, Reddit and uh, MyAnimeList both being very, very active hubs for the anime fandom in terms of where you get some of those, you know, diehard fans going to give their feedback, that uh, that's a very good sign for it.
1: Yeah, and of course, uh, my personal biased favorite of the season uh, continues to be good as it just, uh, uh, I think they're up to episode for now uh uh Futopi so, uh, continues to please me every week uh <laughs> so uh, i i love my henshin heroes what can i say and i mean like i uh i i gotta freaking give it to the show it knows how to do the fan service and do the live action justice um the action's great uh just the fact that unfortunately laws in japan uh are very strict now on motor vehicles uh, and they crack down on uh customized vehicles so you don't really see as many like dekotora or uh itasha uh, you don't see that so much anymore that affected the production of Common rider which is very frustrating because it del- it gets rid of half the name <laughs> Like they they almost never have motorcycles anymore. Um, but because this is animated, we get to enjoy that motorcycle. We get to see some cool scenes with that. Uh, so I I keep on plugging for Futo I can't wait to see what the dub is like actually too. Because I mean, do you think it's it going to so be
0: things. successful enough to get a dub though?
1: You know what? I actually definitely think that because it has a big push behind it from. The whole reason for tokusatsu toys. bandai is selling a ton of merch. I pre ordered yeah,
0: selling a ton of merchandise, but the thing is, that stuff never makes stateside. I can't, yeah, it does. It does actually. I can
1: tell you right now, I pre ordered the common Rider Double 1.5 CSM belt, which is currently for sale on multiple websites, including uh, not sponsored toe collectibles Um, they make two different versions now of Common Rider merchandise the japanese import which has a box in japanese and all that stuff and then you have the american box which is cheaper and they are mm. actually producing stuff i've found common rider merch inside freaking game stops it's insane okay, they are making so it's a big it push
0: all right so that because um, yeah, it's one thing to get a u.s merch push it's uh, it's licensed by Funimation. Yeah, but it, there's a difference so, when it's going to be something that, you know, when, when you say it's to push toys, I think something like it's going to be in Toys R Us. It's going to be <laughs> something. Yeah, I know. Toys R Us. Well, it's coming I back. It. I think it is back at this point. But, you know, the bottom line being, I would expect to go to a big box store and be able to see. And I think about a toy push that otherwise I think it has a collectible push and that's very different in scale. And I can't remember the last time that anything that wasn't called Power Rangers, that was tokusatsu, (laughs) made it onto big box store shelves in the U.S. And that is part uh... of why. And also I just can't remember the last time that there has been a, uh, you know, a, a tokusatsu dub for something that was mainline mainline tokusatsu because obviously we had stuff for uh miss and yep. some of these other genre shows but uh, correct me if i'm wrong that uh pi is a actual proper canonical um common writer
1: it, it actually is it is a sequel to common Rider double which aired i believe in 2009 um it Common Rider double has not been adapted uh by Shout Factory yet but Shout Factory holds the rights to produce Common Rider uh video in the United States for yeah the having, Mainline having the rights series. doesn't mean
0: they're gonna do it though and that's why I remain a little bit skeptical Funimation, I hope that it gets the dub because you know Funimation does have the fans. rights
1: you know and Funimation usually dubs stuff when they put stuff out physically so I mean there's There's a lot of hope for it, especially because even Bandai is making a massive push with this over uh, God. um, Well, just in general, Kamen Rider Kuga's manga is coming stateside. There's an American-made Kamen Rider Zero-One comic book coming out. They are really freaking pushing hard. It is is a good time to be a Tokusatsu fan. (laughs) Well,
0: I'm glad uh, that you're having that, at least, and I'm glad that the uh series is performing uh, for you
1: i think it will get a dub but that's just my thought out because there's such a big push from the rights owners um but anyway aside from my personal favorite uh teppan continues to make me laugh bakumatsu bad boys is still action-packed surprisingly dark uh for something that looks so fun because it's the uh character designer the artist behind shaman king which is what drew me to it in the first place was historical uh, relevance and artist um Tokyo Mew Mew great uh uh great reimagining so to speak uh adaptation of the manga um uh and uh Vermeer and Gold I mean like I thought that, that was going to be like this kind of comedic haha fan service busty female devil you know no they ramped up that drama it looks like they're trying to tease a season two already uh as they already hit a sort of semi-climax around like episode six and seven um with uh takehiro koyasu's character being a villain because of course he would be i mean he's dio <laughs> uh, no. so yeah I'm,
0: I'm glad to hear that that one's performed and uh Vermee Gold is based on a manga, so it has, let's see here, six volumes published as of time of recording. so that is definitely going to be enough to fill more than twelve episodes of an anime, so that, you know, it's not so much they are ramping up to a season two, but the source material is ramping up to not have been written to fulfill a single episode or a single <laughs> season of anime. Yeah. so there you go. Um,
1: and I've also been catching up on. A couple shows that are coming out with a new season next, uh, well, new season next season, uh, My Hero Academia, yeah, and 100. Yeah. I've been uh, watching those dubbed because it allows me to binge it a lot easier, and uh, of course, the dub really good. Um, and uh, yeah, I somehow managed to burn through more than half the series, I think I'm up to like episode 60 or 65, yes, something like that. So yes, I, I definitely will be ready for both that Mob Psycho by, uh, by next season, um, which yeah, is Mob also Psycho. probably another reason why I'm a little behind on watching the new stuff. Yeah,
0: and Mob Psycho isn't that difficult. that It's just 12-episode seasons, right? I'm pretty sure yeah. it's a shorter one. Yeah, you'll be able to catch up with yeah. that pretty easily. The other big development for me actually sort of just happened earlier today when I was reading an article on ANN, about Ruby Ice Queendom. And oh. it was an interview with the folks at Shaft about, you know, the, the process and everything that, you know, working with Rooster Teeth and just some of the background. And one of the things they said was that Shaft and Rooster Teeth actually first spoke with each other while Monty was still alive. So that wow. puts that puts their first conversations prior to 2015 between seasons 2 and 3 of the show and that uh obviously monty passed and that things went quiet for a while that it hasn't been an active production but that was they had their first conversations multiple initial conversations prior to 2015 and that uh somewhere along the line those conversations resumed so this was not a, a a spur of the moment thing the other yeah. piece that was very interesting was that they used the phrase that they felt that this was the right time to tell this chapter of the story and specifically that they have worked very actively with the folks at Rooster Teeth to make sure that there are no contradictions in the story which tells me that this might not be a an alternate timeline this might not be a different piece and that one of the things I've said was, will they find a way to weave it into the story? And now that I'm actively thinking back, nothing they've done has contradicted the established canon, that there is this glut of new story here. Yes. And there's pieces of the first three episodes of recap that omitted parts from the original telling of it. But that's not necessarily saying those things didn't happen in the original telling, that it's just, all right, we're not showing it on screen here, but it still stands. Meanwhile, I look at everything and say, okay, this is a very big development, but at the same time, frankly, one of the big complaints that some folks have had over the years about Ruby is, oh, Weiss had such a drastic character change between seasons one and two, and... I I always felt like uh, Weiss already showed a lot of development as a character in what was already Ooh. written. But at the same time, if you now put this into the canon, that kind of shuts up a lot of folks of, all right, where did some of this development come from? Well, it's there's a lot of development for Weiss happening right here. And so I think the actual answer is that, yes, they plan to just say, This is canon. This happened at this point in time. And it will be interesting now to see if that is their path. Will they have any mention of these events happening in the main series? Or is this just going to become a bit of extra background, a bit of fleshing out for us as the viewer? But that uh, because of how we know this chapter has to end if it's going to be in canon which is to say everyone survives and the rest of the series happens because this would happen between seasons one and two of the series so it, mm. it's very 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 early on and they could just say well it's never mentioned again because yes it's a perhaps a formative thing but it isn't touching any of the broader plot that is very much the focus of the story at this point in time, so they would not necessarily have reason to recall these events actively in conversations. Hey, you remember the time that you were stuck in that dream world, Weiss? It just wouldn't happen. So that's going to be one of the other pieces to figure out, but uh, I found it interesting to read that interview and just realize, oh, wait, they they could just do this because while there is so much that feels like it's inherently different that it is not saying that this is happening at any cl- conflicting point in the timeline so mm. it i guess i'm okay with this that it, it, it's surprising not unheard of certainly but uh, an interesting thing and uh, i've very much been enjoying these last two episodes in particular that uh talk about things ramping up and that this last episode definitely set up what is going to be the final act that uh, it's clear that the the final four episodes are going to be something even more different from the first eight and that's all i can say without going to major spoilers <laughs> territory um the other piece i'll say was that there was something like an evangelion reference this week oh. and that's all i can oh, say God. once again um,
1: I I believe it was Tepin actually had a triple reference at one point. Uh, And I I wrote this down because I was like, you got to be kidding me. Um, One of the girls from the sci-fi alien troop, uh, which I can't remember the name of right now, she references with a laser gun. She calls it the RX Ava 999. So it's like, oh, Kamen Rider Black RX, Evangelion galaxy express 999 (laughs) damn that is a hell of a combo of references
0: (laughs) nice well let's get on to our main topic and the way that we came to our topic today was a very funny one now as we've stated many times dkai flies by the seat of its pants. We make up a lot of our topics either the day of or the day before the show that I designed DKI very deliberately to require as little time investment from the participants as possible. That includes myself. And with Jace joining the show and with us uh, not having as many of the other co-hosts regularly, it has meant that I have had to adjust as a host to my new co-host's knowledge and taste in anime. And one of the hurdles that we've discovered is that Jace and I, in terms of shows watched, if we are a Venn diagram, we're damn near two separate circles. We have not seen the same things just because of circumstance, not even so much of taste, really. Just when we watched anime, happened to have been very separate with the exception of the past couple of years and i was saying you know it's not that i'm an anime zoomer really that i can talk pretty well about anything that's come out past 2000 which at this point is now 22 years old (laughs) but jace Your basis of knowledge is largely the '80s to 2000, and that's not even necessarily because you grew up in that time and are that much older than me. You're not that much older than me. You're a bit older, but not by that, not by 20 years, certainly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that when you got into anime, that you wound up getting into shows that are farther back, and then also that from I think it was uh, was it 2000 to 2010 that you said. You sort of uh, fell out of anime, or was it 2010 no, it was, to 2020? No, it was 2010 to 2020, roughly. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I that, was
1: just busy with so much stuff at the time, yeah, with and colleges me,
0: and stuff. Yeah, and I watched in 2000 to 2010, but the bulk of what I have watched has been in 2010 to 2020. And Jace made the offhanded remark that those 10 years were his time skip arc. And just in our chat, I went, wait, 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 wait. That's it. That's the answer. We haven't done a time <laughs> skip episode, Jace. And so here yeah. we are, one episode, 122 episodes, and we're going to do the time skip episode. And starting from the top, one thing that just, as I was thinking about this, that strikes me as a bit odd, is we always call it the time skip arc. Why is yeah. it called the time skip arc? Because it's not usually written such that you have a time skip for an arc and then return to your normal timeline. It is just a time skip has happened. And I feel like for some reason, time skip arc, maybe it's just in the circles that I'm in. I don't even know. But I feel like the term time skip arc is sort of a weird one because it it doesn't quite work. But anyways, that's me just sort of uh, noticing some quirkiness of language.
1: I think the idea of time skip arc is for that very brief period of time at the beginning of what happened after the time skip where they just kind of offhandedly go, Oh, by the way, blah, 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 blah happened. And that's why these characters look different and stuff. Yeah. It's just exposition basically for like however many episodes or how much of one episode they want to do. Oh, this happened over the years
0: done. (laughs) Yeah. And that there have been many, many instances of time skip and, you know, it's not something that is unique to anime, certainly, but it happens a bit more in anime, I would say, than in traditional American media. That yeah. usually, you know, if you get a sitcom, it's the sitcom is going to stay the same. And that if time is going to pass, it's going to happen naturally. That some of these shows, you know, Friends or Full House, yep. that they span a decade and that you ha- will have time progression for sure. But It is much more difficult in, well, first off, any live action production to have a time skip, because if you're going to do a time skip in a live action production that is anything beyond a matter of months, it's going to have to require an actual pause in production. And productions don't like that. Studios don't like that because you know why would you stop this thing and then pick it up again later that's that doesn't make sure the uh
1: the big popular shows that run weekly uh yeah you know your your shonen jumps and your uh uh i i can't remember what sailor moon was published in
0: but uh, yeah. basically but, and, anything and not count, that popular <laughs> yeah and we're not going to count revivals that you know hmm. were discontinued and then picked up again with time having passed in universe that this is something that either between episodes or seasons with relatively short times that, you know, if certain things happen between seasons, yeah, there might be a little bit of time delay in between the things, but I, uh, it, that's where we're going to be looking today. And there's a good number of really long run on shonens that have this, but they have it in some very interesting ways because they usually classify it as a different show altogether. Starting. Yeah. Early, early on, you have Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z, which yep. it's just it's certainly a time skip. It goes from Goku being this small kid to being this big buff adult. Uh I forget what the exact having a kid. <laughs> yeah, having a kid. Well, I forget. Does he have Gohan already? Yeah, yeah right this... at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um and I forget what the exact difference is in terms of years, but it's a pretty jarring one in that for our purposes i'm going to count something like that as a time skip because uh as we'll mention with a couple other shows as well that the progression of dragon ball to dragon ball z in terms of publishing was essentially uninterrupted that it wasn't dragon ball was published and then sat around for a decade and then dragon ball z happened that it was only i I forget if it was Completely continuous, or if it was just a matter of a year or two, but it was pretty short order. Similarly, uh, it was uninterrupted with Naruto to Naruto Shippuden, that uh, for Mm. all intents and purposes, I would call Shippuden just Naruto, and it's really just, that is the name that you staple on the end of it to indicate (laughs) this is post-time skip. That's really all it is.
1: I mean, how many, how many years was Naruto? Like I, I looked up Dragon Ball to Z and I'm kind of shocked because apparently there are very small time skips that are not noticeable in Dragon Ball leading up to the point where the time skip between Dragon Ball and Z is only a five year uh, <laughs> jump, which is very weird. I'm like, how did Goku get so big in five years? Like he had a growth spurt or something like Saiyans are nuts. But uh, Naruto, this list here that I found said two and a half years Uh, again. Yeah. Yeah. How did the characters grow so much in two and a half years?
0: (laughs) Puberty dude, puberty.
1: Uh, That crazy anime steroid puberty.
0: (laughs) Yep. And uh, to be fair, that does make sense for Naruto that one, they are in their early teens. So, of all the times in their life to actually undergo significant physical changes that is going to be the time uh and that that is about where you find it for naruto and shippuden um and in both of these cases uh you have the addition of a title factor i suppose you know the z and shippuden so It's interesting there, but uh, yeah, double-checking that, like we said, for Dragon Ball, it doesn't actually have that big a change. But one of the interesting things I find in these particular ones is that since they are run-ons, they do not bother to undergo a lot of exposition immediately. That since they know they have time to play with, they just sort of jump in and say, okay, this is... You assume that we've been training for a while and that we've just been growing and that they address the the things that happen between as they become relevant, that as we encounter yeah. these new characters again, because these are both very big casts, that you know, mm. when you meet I don't know I'm just going to pull the name out of head when you when you meet Tamari again in Naruto or whatever, yeah. that they'll explain, okay, this is what's been going on with her, or this is what's been going on with Gara and just they're not going to bother doing the front-loaded exposition dump because it's not practical with that big a cast. But just as we go, we say, oh, this is stuff that happened. This is, uh," you know, sometimes it might be as simple as, yeah, they've been training and one sentence and we brush along or in certain (laughs) things there may have been really significant life events that happened in those two and a half years and that they just take those as they come.
1: Uh, uh, i i feel like some of them just kind of give it the three years later treatment mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now an, in terms of shows that have time skip arcs that are less uh well not less drastic uh, for for shorter shows because this happens in one piece it happens in a couple other long-running mm. shonens, but going into some shorter-form shows, one of the first ones that had just a really big time skip that uh, sort of stuck out for me because you can just very clearly delineate, all right, what is pre- and post-time skip, and that's Gurren Lagon. Mm. That somewhere around the, oh, I'd say 60-ish, 70-ish percent point in the show. So you're very deep in that yeah. there is, I forget how many years of a change. I think it's like, it's it might be five-ish. Hmm. Uh, it is a seven-year time skip. That's what it is. Okay. And yeah, you've I seen mean, Gurren uh, Lagan, correct?
1: I've only watched a little bit of it, actually. Oh my I, gosh, that's, dude. That's been, see, uh, see what I've I got a since, massive to-do this list. This is what like, I'm working <laughs>
0: with. This is what uh... I'm working with. Because, well, <laughs> in my defense, Gurren Lagan was 2007?
1: Yeah, i mean i i don't even remember what i was watching back then i mean like i can look at like all the dvds on my shelves and i i can't even fathom what i watched back then because it it's was 2007 yeah um it was just a blur plus streaming wasn't a thing then too so i mean like having to get the dvds and stuff you only have so much money
0: <laughs> this is true so
1: um i i i can't even remember yeah that was the year i started a fairly decent job and was getting back into buying things but i was mostly making a ton of cosplay and not buying so much anime uh mm-hmm. at the time so but yeah um thinking and- about uh, thinking about time skips one that comes to mind and it's a massive oof. Clan ad.
0: See what I mean, folks? I haven't seen Clanad. It's
1: uh it's it's by key. And if it's by key, you know that there's going to be some sort of dramatic, horribly gut-punchingly bad twist. Yeah, there's gonna that be That will sad make you times. feel yeah, like all of their work. Like I can't even I can't think of anything that didn't have that. Clan ad, there's a five year time skip literally in the middle of the show, like towards the end of it. And it's just so freaking depressing. It's like, Oh my God. It's, uh, I, I don't want to ruin it because clan is one of the greats from that time period. And just based on the animation, it's a very clean show. It's a very beautiful show. He always had beautiful animes because they were a light novel, uh, company first and foremost. And so I, assume, I don't want to ruin what happened. I assume but. this
0: happened after a death of some sort. It's just sort of how it goes. So, am I right though? Is, is it um, after a death?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is after a death.
0: And yeah. uh, you, you know what else it's... had a time <laughs> skip after a death? Death Note. And mm. you know what? See what we're talking about, folks. I was—I actually asked Jace. Just last week, hey, have you seen Death Note? No, he hasn't seen Death Note. Ugh, so I can't go into the full thing here, because goddammit, Chase, you need to see Death Note.
1: Here's the thing. I didn't have to watch it, because I had friends who are so obsessed with it that they basically would talk about it 24-7 to the point where Even I just so didn't I feel- want to watch it. <laughs>
0: Ugh, they, they like were they really so
1: annoying about it like i just Aww. could not deal with like especially i mean like i hate to say that they were annoying about it but the fandom was really bad back then fandoms were just awful
0: fandoms in, in general were bad that. then but true, I, I feel true. like they were worse because all you had for fandoms at that point in time was your local fandom so so yeah. my guess is when you say the fandom was annoying you mean the kids at your school were annoying
1: nah because i was i was I was out of college. I only went to college for like two years before I left. And so I was working at the time. And so by fandom, I mean what I saw at conventions, because I was going to a lot of cons back then throughout Mm. New England. And uh, I mean,
0: I will say. So rephrased. wasn't that the kids at your school were annoying, but it was that the folks you interacted with locally were annoying.
1: Yeah. Throughout the New England area, it was just like, how did Death Note explode this much? And I mean, to be fair, I will I will give it this. My friends who kind of annoyed me with that, they spoiled both that and Black Butler because they cosplayed the hell out of it because one of my friends blatantly looked like the main character from Black Butler and looked like L. He was just scrawny, messy black hair. He would just groom it, boom, yeah, Black Butler.
0: Tall, tall, pale black <laughs> hair. There you go. Yeah, so I mean... Uh, it was blame blame the fandom at the time for me not watching it i don't want to be annoying but i would highly encourage you to watch it it's such a good series and even if you read some of the manga though i did read some of the manga when it was in shonen jump so yay! but yes um that there is a time skip in death note and it's a, a little bit past the halfway point it is once again right after a very significant uh development in the plot and there's actually this little monologue that goes over and says, you know, uh, I think it's a two-year time skip, and because of because of where L is in his life, that he's a high schooler going on college, that uh, he has some minor changes in his design. That he, you know, he's made a little bit taller. His uh, uh, facial features are made to look just a little bit more mature, but by mm-hmm. and large you could look at the before and after of Light and think, oh, it's just, you know, sometimes an artist's style adjusts and gets a bit cleaner over time, that it's not significant because of where he is in his life and that the function of the time skip is to, one, create a a new societal backdrop because mm-hmm. there's certain pieces of the investigation and what light and the investigative team have to work with at that time that is influenced by society at large so this is a way of showing all right you know we now have these factors at play it also justifies light being in a slightly greater position of authority because you know over time you'll be able to gain further trust and that uh you know as you work with people you get closer to them And then being able to just sort of hand wave and say, all right, Light now has this increased level of trust, yada, yada, yada. It certainly helps. And they had done a good job of sowing those seeds earlier in the series. So there was nothing post time skip arc that didn't make sense. But its use here as a narrative tool, I think, was actually one of the more seamless instances because you were basically able to just have a two years later. (laughs) Just basically a minute scene of that and just a slight narration. I think it's basically the only time in the series, really, that there is a narrator at play Mm. and that you just then resume. And well, we're here two years later.
1: (laughs) So I'd say this next one, uh, because I have watched this. In fact, it's coming back, uh, next month uh, to Netflix. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It can be argued yeah. that that series has features five a time, time skip. skips. Yeah. It's, uh, even though people affectionately refer to each individual thing as if it's its own manga, so to speak, because they do have a definitive beginning and end to it. So it's part one, part two, and each one has that nickname to it. You know, So you have Stone Ocean is the current one. Um, but it's debatable. Despite that, because I feel like that's more like more like a debate amongst fans because we don't even no, know how I, Araki abso- feels I
0: absolutely about it. see i I absolutely feel like it is the same thing as Dragon Ball to Z or Naruto to Shipuri yeah. that it is a an added suffix to clarify mm. offhand where you are. And yes, they are separate seasons. And yes, they're separate characters. But the story of the Joe Star family is a contiguous story that yes it is the story of joseph joestar and then later you know jolene joestar and that they are individuals with their own individual characters but the story of jojo's bizarre adventure is because it is the story of the joestar family that is why the title is what it is that is why it continues that uh and as it works with jojo's bizarre adventure that this is the story of multiple generations and that naturally, when you're going through the generations you're going to have to skip time that we start off way back in i don't remember if it's supposed to be like the you know 17 or 1800s but it is significantly in the past where we're working with horse-drawn carriages and That over time, we have progressively worked through different eras, really. And in that's part of what makes JoJo very interesting and intriguing because you're actually in these different chapters, really, having the different backdrop of history and of technology. And that the time skips, one, just facilitate the fact that you're not Having the next Joe Star be a five year old or a newborn because that's not going to be a very uh fulfilling story to yeah. try and uh, you know follow them through their earliest years. but at the same time it, it uh, it's less for their character development and more for the yeah. plot at large because like it that this is to just cut out these large chunks of time to get to the important parts of the family history.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the thing is is that when you look at say um cuz it's all about accessibility to the audience too. So uh, while JoJo was published in Weekly Shonen Jump, the audience strayed towards the older end of the like 8 to 12 versus Dragon Ball's more say 5 to 9 uh kind of demographic in there. So Dragon Ball of course you're going to have a very young protagonist because you want the kid to relate to it whereas JoJo the older protagonist kind of gives the kids this feeling of something to aspire to be that you know big hero character where it's like oh yeah that's a really cool I want to be like that. So I I feel like uh JoJo kind of does it a bit well, I mean, because they don't have to do any kind of exposition either between the arcs because the arcs all feel like self-contained series. So the only thing that ties them together is maybe a few brief cameos at the beginning of the season uh, or part. And that's it. <laughs> maybe the villain uh, towards the end, they go, oh, by the way, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and that's uh, it's it's just a good uh, it's just a good format because that generational and that age character. Um, I think it's going to stand out for years as, like, one of the ways to tell a time skip.
0: hmm Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, and I guess one of the ways to tell a, as I said, a generational story, because yeah. you're not going to normally have a, a story that spans what is now literally hundreds of years in canon. I don't know how many hundreds of years, but it, it's been at least six generations, so it's been a while. Uh, I want to say it's the
1: early or or rather late 1880s, 1890s. They left that one kind of ambiguous. They tacked on years or specific historical points from then on because part two was during World War II because there were Nazis. Uh, So starting with part two, they tacked actual dates onto it. Mm. Part one, they were just like uh, that was two generations previously. Take a wild guess when that was.
0: <laughs> it's the olden times, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, oh, one very obvious one is Code Geass. There's your reference. Check boom. the box. Uh, <laughs> I was very excited when we realized that this was going to be the episode because I was like, "Oh well, we know exactly how we're going to work in the Code Geass reference because it just works." Because <laughs> Between seasons one and two, it's not the same type of time skip between seasons that you have for these run on shows that this is not to uh, facilitate, uh, you know, significant growth from the characters far from it. It facilitates regression of the characters and just to similar to Death Note, say, all right, these couple of factors have changed, but. At the same time, uh, it's a very jarring one because the way season one ends and the way season two begins, you would not be blamed for just sort of blinking at your screen and, screen and saying, wait a minute, did I miss something? Was there another episode in between here that I was supposed to watch and missed? Mm, because yeah. just, it, there's a, a very if you were to watch these two episodes back to back, the transition seems entirely illogical, but that's the point that it has intentionally written itself to do something. And it does some very cool things with parallels, I will say. And, uh, it is a one year time skip in this case. So it's minor enough that there's not going to be this drastic difference. There really is no difference in character designs. And, that's part of also what makes it so jarring because in some ways it feels like, wait, did we just groundhog day? (laughs) And it's so fun and go watch code geass folks. We say it every week, but it's, they do a time skip there and it counts.
1: Uh, I'd say one that stands out for me just because I'm a fan and uh, the second half of it comes out next season, getting, you know, those, The content dump on Netflix, which makes it so hard to keep up with stuff. Uh, Tiger and Bunny actually uh, has a couple of uh, time skips because they actually had one uh, between the two halves of the original series between uh, episodes 13 and 14. Oh, yeah, that's Um, right. They did. I forgot they did. And uh, there was also a very... I want to say it was a year between... uh, the two episodes at the end, uh, 25 and the finale of the series, there was also a uh, one-year skip as well.
0: Yeah, I feel like that, once again, was sort of a hand-wavy, all right, we're just going to say that they have had experiences and that society at large has made this transition, which is something that does not happen overnight, but that we need to just sort of bump things along for purposes of the plot.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's mostly for character development because the, I want to say like one of the big focal points of it is Potetsu's age. You know, he's, he's on the cusp or actually middle-aged. I forget how old he is, uh, offhand. Um, I know they do call him like G-san and stuff like that. Uh, you know, mockingly, but, uh, they wanted to get a point, the, uh, the fact, and, uh, I apologize for spoilers, but Tiger and Bunny 2 is out on Netflix. So if you don't know this about the character, well, I'm sorry, uh, but his his powers have reduced and he no longer uh, can, uh, uh, for, for lack of a better term, Hulk out uh, for three minutes. It's now only one minute uh, as his power is fading. He's kind of going through like what All Might did, minus the, uh, you know, grave injury. <laughs> and uh, there is a time skip yeah. between uh, one and two because the t- uh, the heroes go from being solo heroes to being duos, and a lot of their sponsors have changed, mostly due to real life licensing. <laughs> IRL licensing, yeah, no, that yeah.
0: that was a very convenient one for them. Yeah, so so
1: yeah, Tiger and Bunny definitely uh, has those skips in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just realized, uh, technically, sort of, where does Lupon the Third? Fit in for time skips as is relative to JoJo's because the thing with Lupon the third that I've only seen part five and a stray movie or two. Yeah, but, uh, I, I forget feel... if it's ever clarified if Lupon is the same Lupon or if it's you know a family thing because obviously it happens in a lot of different things, a lot of different times, and if it is. Jojo's, in the sense that it, each Lupin that we see is in fact a different person, and it's just all right. the The familial resemblance is uncanny. I don't think it's that. <laughs> no, I, um, I've I, watched so I guess, good, it is, I, I guess I watched it's just actual chunk. time skip. I guess it's just time um,
1: skip. Actually, Lupin the Third. Th- this is this is one of the bizarre things because Lupin the Third is probably one of the few animes that stand out in my head. Not only because of its unique artwork style, because Monkey Punch was inspired by Western cartoons and uh, comics, but also the fact that Lupin kind of works on a sliding timeline, similar to Western comics and Western uh, animated shows like The Simpsons and things like that, where things will update around them, but a time is never actually specified. And so, um, do, doing a little uh, digging that uh, they only had one canonical time skip between the first and second part, and it was five years. Mm. They went their separate ways and then got back together. Um, although there was a very funny, uh, I guess you could call it non-canon, um, Lupin special called Red Versus Green, in which they made fun of the fact that there have been so many different Lupin series between OVAs and Seasons and the bizarre fact that Lupin the Third, coincidentally, had the same sort of thing. Uh, in the second run of Scooby Doo, after the original Scooby Doo like series ended, Shaggy wore a red shirt instead of a green, and then he went back to green. In the second part of Lupin the Third, Lupin goes from wearing a green jacket to a red jacket. Huh and then back to green and that's actually part of the reference between red versus green but also the joke that each lupin era kind of makes it feel like they're different lupins and thus there's a bunch of copycat lupins all running around trying to insist they are the real lupin and even as the viewer you're left kind of questioning it throughout the whole thing and going which which one was it? Like it is really funny. I suggest tracking that down. looping the Third, Red versus Green, I believe is the title. Uh, <laughs> such a weird. The last one thing. that I
0: want to bring up for today is a more recent one, and that's Attack on Titan. That mm. I won't go into major spoilers since it is still sort of recent enough, but there is a time skip between the third and the fourth seasons, and tuning into the fourth season. The, it's another case that it's very jarring because of how season three ends and you expect it to, you know, pick up as it left off because it's how it's been for the past three seasons that it's not just, you know, all right, there's only two seasons to the show like Code Geass and that be- between these two halves, you have a skip that feels it's surprising, but there is no precedent one way or the other. So be it. But the fact that you have this precedent set for multiple seasons and then to see it gone against is a bit more surprising than something that isn't a run on Shonen. And, well, I, you know, hmm. is Attack on Titan a run on Shonen at a little bit over 110 episodes it's certainly not, you know, Naruto kind of or One Piece, a... but it it's longer. There but...
1: was a big gap between season one and two. That well, makes the, but that's it the thing. The,
0: the, there was a big gap between season one and two of the anime. The manga had always mm. been pretty consistent, or at the very least, did not have the same gap of season one and two in the anime. And season one and two of the anime happened back to back. That that is not where the time yeah. step is, so that doesn't fit, anyways. But with <laughs> season four of the anime. We skip four years into the future. There's a lot of different things happening. There's a lot of new characters happening, too. Mm. And that it's just, uh, it's, it is a whole new world, shall we say. (laughs) And uh, it's the type of thing that, while seasons in general for Attack on Titan have gotten screwy because we're about to have Attack on Titan, the final season, part three. (laughs) <laughs> which is basically cuz keep in mind Attack on Titan season 3 had two parts as well so by all mm. proper counts if we're just going to go by cores here or even if we'll say oh a season can be 25 cuz i think the first ep- the first season was 25 episodes there was two cores that yeah. if we'll count them as 25 episode seasons that we're now on well no cuz we're only at Uh, episode 100 and odd so this would still be five at the very least but yeah Yeah. season tracking is screwy with attack on titan as a whole but it's the type of thing that this happened around episode 75 ish i think it was somewhere around there (laughs) and that the the differences are with four years you are absolutely seeing significant physical changes to all the characters that uh, Mm. they were pretty young early on so you're very much at that naruto shippuden time range of just you're gonna hit puberty and that plus literal global events happening in the series have such a big change and while i won't necessarily say that there is actually a big tonal shift between seasons three and four that Mm. it's uh it's a very comprehensive time change to be certain
1: yeah, uh, i'd say uh the last one i want to bring up because i know we're close to the end of the show um and this is one that i'm a fan of fist of the north star had two time skips and the first one at the very beginning almost makes it seem like a sort of prologue slash flashback because an unspecified number of years happen between his fight with rao and then the rest of the
0: series Oh, You know, now that you mention it, if we're going to count sort of ones like those where it's even just mid-season or sort of the idea of a prologue, I hadn't even thought about it. But My Next Life as a Villainess has a time skip as well. That The first three episodes happen in the character's childhoods, that they're all five, six years old, and then it skips to them being in high school. And that in that case, like you said, that it feels like it was actually a prologue really to it because there have not been – significant time skip since that there's been you know like oh a semester has passed or whatever between seasons and eh, i don't consider that a time skip that if we're going to get to time skip you have to be at least working with the magnitude of a year for and yeah. some significant background not just oh it's a new school year yeah i mean uh fist of the north star they really don't go into what happened
1: it's just oh he probably wandered he was looking for uh I'm forgetting her name at the time. <laughs> um because Rao in uh, insisted that she was still alive despite the implication that uh she was dead. Um and it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, so he just kind of wandered looking around for uh Yuria, that was her name. Um and then there's a second time skip because he has two companions, they're both kids. Um and then boom they're young adults so uh that was uh between anime series so they refer to him as series not seasons because it was ongoing there was a break and then it came back so uh but between those two uh his two companions aged up uh considerably so uh, i want to say like maybe if i had to take a guess like 6 years maybe like i don't know or 5 they don't say it's just one of those ambiguous oh they were, you know, a kid and a uh, preteen-ish, you know, and now they're both young adults, so.
0: Yeah, and I guess to just sort of uh, put a bow on everything, I I think it's very interesting how time skips are used. Like I said, this is something that's really going to end up being unique to animation. doesn't matter if it's Japanese animation, American animation, but like we said, it's going to be a very unique situation to find this happening in live action and that you know live action sometimes you can say all right there's been you know a year or two especially if there's been a year or two between the actual production that you can sometimes see this in something like game of thrones or in stranger things because there's actually hiatuses in production And especially if you're going to have uh, actors who are younger and therefore going to show this growth, that's one thing, but you're not really going to see it in something that is a longer running, you know, syndicated show. And since that's where a lot of at least traditional American television lies and we're in a very different world now with streaming, but that uh, using it as a a written plot device is usually done after the fact of, oh, we're going to need to write that there was a time skip because all of our actors are now older and we need to justify it whether or not the story was designed that way. Whereas in animation, any time it happens is going to be entirely deliberate. So really? it, the fact that it is a – a its, use, its usage in these ways is going to be unique to animation and that, uh, just by nature of how anime is generally speaking in writing compared to Western animation, that makes it a bit more unique there, too, just because once again, syndication that you're not going to have these time skips and more episodic shows, and even in anime, to be fair, the plot device is used in a relative minority that this is mm. not the most common trope, but for whatever reason, it has found a just in the fandom the term time skip or time skip arc has found its way into anime fandom jargon in a way yeah. that i don't really hear as much in other media circles and i think it's sort of fun to experiment or hear and you know examine really the different ways that it's used because like we've said even in these different series they have used it to a bunch of different ends And I think that's really cool because uh, time is basically the only consistent thing that we all share, that time marches forward for us, even if it feels like it's at a different speed, that it is actually at the same speed for all of us, and that obviously with time comes change, and how do you have changes reconciled or enabled with the passage of time? And uh, I think think it's very fun to see all these different pieces and how all these series use it and just sort of also reminisce you know looking back on time how the passage of time and the usage of time wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff Hmm. how many times can i say time in the same sentence
1: (laughs) i feel like uh the reason why it's not done in live action really is mostly because recasting you won't see it because when they film it's in real time, you know, you're not going to take your lead actors and do a do them up in makeup unless it's for like, you know, a flash forward or fantasy see, uh, uh moment because of the time and cost of doing all that makeup to age up a person, even though you can kind of do that stuff digitally now, just like you can de-age a person. Um, you're, you're more likely not to see that
0: through those hoops. If you don't, yeah,
1: you'll to. see that time skip being, Oh, We told a story where they were a kid, and now we have a different actor playing them as an adult. And that's basically the only time you will see in live action the concept of a time skip.
0: Yep. Yeah. But yes, we hope you all enjoy. This has been episode 122 of D-Kai, our weekly anime podcast here on Digital Era Entertainment. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe, comment, all of that jazz, regardless of if you are watching on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. And on our YouTube channel, you can find the trailer for Kokoro no Pro, our upcoming digital... Era Entertainment visual novel with wrestling, very fun. And you can get digital Era Entertainment merch from merch.streamelements.com/digital-era-entertainment. And you can check out our sponsor Image Anime at imageanime.com and use the code Discount That is D E E S C O U N T S H I P for free shipping on orders of hundred dollars or more. I will be back tomorrow afternoon for our next radio drama, Knives Out. So, if you want to hear me talking with a deep Southern drawl for two hours, this is going to be your chance. As I'm playing Detective Benoit Blanc, and I'm boy, I say boy. It. it is literally described by one of the characters as CSI KFC and a quote Kentucky Fried Foghorn Leghorn drawl. <laughs> yeah. As for oh which character says those things and when characters say those things, you're gonna have to tune in to find out. But yes, it's gonna be a lot of fun. That uh, Knives Out is legitimately one of my favorite films of the past several years. One of the, uh, in my opinion, the best original mysteries of the past decade. And I, I have been very much looking forward to this one. So gonna have a lot of fun with that tomorrow. But once again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch.
1: It's like wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey.